Welcome to Question Period. I'm Evan Solomon. Today on the program, the bombshells. There was a concerted and sustained effort to attempt to politically interfere with my role as the Attorney General. As the Attorney General, I did not let that happen. And the denials. I strongly maintain, as I have from the beginning, that I and my staff always acted appropriately and professionally. The former Attorney General speaks her truth and doesn't hold back, implicating the Prime Minister and 10 of the other most powerful people in the country. Do her allegations of inappropriate pressure and veiled threats amount to a crime, or is this just the nature of the job? What will the Prime Minister's former Principal Secretary, Gerald Butt, say when he testifies this week? We have full coverage of the SNC-Lavalin affair today, starting with the Public Safety Minister, Ralph Goodale. Then... Resignation? Justin Trudeau simply cannot continue to govern this country. What's behind the calls for Justin Trudeau's resignation? And should there be an RCMP investigation? The Conservative leader, Andrew Scheer, joins us today with his view. Plus, what's next? Is this a he said, she said, or will the Liberals who testify this week prove Jody Wilson-Raybould is wrong? The former NDP leader Tom Mulcair and the former BC Premier Christy Clark join us with their views on what's going on. And then the scrum is here. We've got special guest Green Party leader Elizabeth May and the Globe and Mail's Bob Fife. This is Question Period. Let's go get some answers. For a period of approximately four months between September and December of 2018, I experienced a consistent and sustained effort by many people within the government to seek to politically interfere in the exercise of prosecutorial discretion in my role as the Attorney General of Canada in an inappropriate effort to secure a deferred prosecution agreement with SNC-Lavalin. The dramatic testimony of the former Attorney General Jody Wilson-Raybould has jaws dropping. Moments like that, and she took aim at the Prime Minister, alleging she was booted from her job as the Attorney General because she refused to bend to immense pressure, she said, from senior government officials to help the Quebec construction giant SNC-Lavalin avoid a criminal trial. Now there are calls for the RCMP to investigate. Ms. Wilson-Raybould says 11 different people, including the Prime Minister, pressured her or her staff on 10 separate occasions or 10 phone calls to make a deal with SNC-Lavalin to avoid bribery and fraud charges. Now, the Prime Minister denies her characterization of events, saying he and his staff always acted appropriately. Was there undue pressure on her? Was it just part of the job? Should the Prime Minister resign, like Andrew Scheer has demanded? Let's find out. Joining me now is the Public Safety Minister, Ralph Goodell. Sir, good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, Let's start with this. The Prime Minister says, basically, um, she has a different view of it. Do you believe Jody Wilson-Raybould when she says that she had undue pressure and inappropriate pressure? Well, pressure is obviously in the eye of the beholder. There was was clearly a very strong discussion going on about uh, issues related to uh, uh, SNC-Lavalin. You think about it, though... um, over a period of, say, four months or so, yeah. uh, if there were 10 encounters over a space of four months. 20, 10, th- 10 phone calls, 10, 10 meetings. But not involving all the same people. Right. Uh, so it, it was, a, it was a, a, a sporadic kind of uh, conversation that was going on. Is that excessive over a four-month period? Uh, I suppose it depends on the intensity of, uh, of the issue and, and how, 
uh, and how important it was. Why, if she has to tell the Prime Minister on September 17th, the answer is no. And the Prime Minister says, okay, I'm not going to direct you. But then a very serious campaign that, that in, according to Jody Wilson-Raybould, includes Gerald Butts, the former Principal Secretary, Katie Telford, the Chief of Staff, some of the most senior people in the Prime Minister's office, the Finance Minister, and the Clerk of the Privy Council, who she claims made veiled threats. Why did they keep pressuring the Attorney General when she had already said no? Doesn't no mean no. Well, there was a, there was a very serious issue before the government. Um, the, uh, the, the issue in relation to whether a, uh, a Canadian company would survive or not. Uh, and obviously a vigorous discussion was, uh, was being undertaken. Um, but but the, the clear thing from her testimony is nobody crossed that line of, of giving her an order that thou shalt do this. Why, if there's nothing happened, why did Gerald Butts resign? Why did, because normally if you resign, you resign because something bad happened. Well, he said, I'm resigned, but nobody did anything wrong. Why well, let's, let, let's see what he says in his testimony uh, in, a, in a few days. Uh, but in his letter, uh, he, made, he made two points. Number one, uh, that he had become uh, a lightning rod and, and was distracting the government from the other business of government that needs to go on. Uh, so better that he step out of the limelight. And number two, uh, that he wanted to be in a position to vigorously defend himself against accusations that have been made against him and his integrity. I, I appreciate that. But if he's done nothing wrong, he's not a lightning rod. He just says, this is wrong. Here's my proof. Well, and, if the, and if the prime minister releases cabinet confidence for her, he would do the same for Gerald Butts, his principal secretary. And if mm -hmm. there's no, no there there, why resign? Well, let's, let's listen to what he has to say. Give him a chance to present his perspective on the, on the, uh, the events. Uh, and Canadians will have an opportunity. And there will, there will also be other witnesses, obviously, yeah. that are going to be called in the process. And the Ethics Commissioner uh, is conducting an inquiry uh, that uh, the government has welcomed to, uh, uh, to examine this from the perspective of an off officer of Parliament. Do you, Minister Goodale, believe that the Prime Minister should waive complete privilege? So Jody Wilson-Raybould can speak everything, not stop at the day she resigned. Should she be able to get the privilege waived so she can do that. And well, why not waive it? Well, the, the privilege that has been waived, both in terms of any solicitor-client restrictions, which there may or may not be in these circumstances, and the privileges of, uh, of, of cabinet, cabinet confidence, confidence uh, all of those have been removed for the period over which the complaint has, has been made, that period from uh, September to the end of the year. But she wants further. She resigned after that time. Why not waive the privilege but, or the cabinet confidence until to, so she can explain the why she finally the took the decision the, to resign? The allegation of anything right. that was uh, untoward or, or undue influence or pressure occurred in the period while she was attorney general. That's, that's the period over which the, okay. the complaint has been made, and that's the period over which the privilege has been waived. I would suggest to you that she believes that there's material evidence that she cannot talk about, which she mentioned, that happened after that. Many people want a, a public inquiry. So there's not the perception of bias. Is that not a fair request? Well, let's approach this in a methodical, step-by-step, workmanlike way. It's, it's one thing to sort of throw everything on the table as a chaotic stew and, and, uh, and hope for the best. But it seems to me that, that this situation is being, is being pursued in a very methodical, uh, systematic way. Let the Justice Committee uh, do its work. 
Uh, you've also got the separate inquiry that's been done by, uh, by the ethics uh, commissioner. Uh, if, if something further is required at some stage, that decision can be taken. What about but the RCMP? What about the RCMP? The RCMP are a totally independent institution. They do not consult the government about uh, uh, whether or when to investigate anyone. Uh, if, if there's something in the public domain right. that they think uh, requires an investigation, they will do it. Should Jody Wilson-Raybould remain in caucus? What's the debate going on? Should she well, still be part of your party? Know, this has obviously been a very sad and difficult and painful experience, I'm sure, on all sides. It has not been... Uh, pleasant when you have these kinds of disputes and arguments and uh, very intense uh, feelings. Uh, I would hope that there can be some kind of, uh, of uh, reconciliation, but whether that is possible, a caucus, a caucus depends on internal cohesion and belief in one another and and trust and confidence. But she said she and, doesn't have confidence and, well, in the cabinet table. It, it, it's clearly been it's clearly been shaken. Uh, and uh, if, if things are going to be repaired, it's going to take an awful lot of hard work. Whether that can be done or not, uh, I don't know. I hope there's a solution, but uh, uh, I think some further reflection has to be given on that. Last question on this. There had been this whisper campaign that she was, quote, difficult to deal with on a number of key issues. You were around the cabinet table. Was she difficult? She is a very strong person who, uh, who knows her mind, knows where she wants to go and what she wants to do. Uh, and uh, I guess some people might, uh, might recoil at that a bit. I don't. Uh, I think she was a, 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 very, uh, a very vigorous colleague. We would disagree. On, on topics. We always didn't come to the same conclusion about do this or do that on a particular policy question. Uh, but um, our relationship was always uh, uh, a very positive one, not always on the same page, but uh, vigorously respectful. I got to leave it there. Mr. Goodell, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. All right. Coming up, after finally hearing from the former Attorney General Jody Wilson-Raybould, should the RCMP investigate? Andrew Scheer, the leader of the opposition, says yes. He joins us next. Stay right here with Question Period. It's not illegal. Mm -hmm. um, it is very inappropriate, mm -hmm. depending on the context of the comments made the nature of the pressure, um, the specific issues that are raised. So the leader of the opposition has called for an RCMP investigation. He's called for the prime minister to resign. But even the person at the heart of this whole controversy, Jody Wilson-Raybould, has argued that nothing illegal happened. She said it was improper. She said there were veiled threats. So what should happen? Next, as we head into another week of testimony at the Justice Committee, let's find out. Joining me now is the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada, Andrew Shearer. Good to see you, sir. Good morning. All right. Uh, why did you call for the Prime Minister to resign over this, even after Jody Wilson-Raybould said, I don't believe anything illegal happened? Mm -hmm. Well, it's clear from day one that Justin Trudeau has been acting like someone who has something to hide. He looked 35 million Canadians in the eye and said that he never put pressure on Ms. Wilson-Raybould. He also said that she never came to him with her concerns. He said he never, just to be clear, he said he never directed her. He said he never directed her for an answer. And then the next day in Sudbury, he said, I did not direct, nor did I pressure her. Okay. So he is on the record saying that he did not put pressure on her. We now know that that was false. Even his own officials will now admit that, yeah, it was pressure. They're trying to say it was not inappropriate pressure, but 
10 meetings, at least 10 phone calls, texts. I found Ms. Wilson, uh, Wilson Raybould's um, testimony quite credible. Copious notes, detailed accounts of what went on, uh, copies of text messages, and the message from the Prime Minister on down to the Clerk of the Privy Council to Gerald Butts was partisan motivations, the, 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 the arguments around elections in Quebec. Michael Wernick, the Clerk of the Privy Council, talking about a shareholder meeting, a board meeting for SNC-Lavalin as a motivation to get this wrapped up quickly. Uh, to me, that certainly meets the threshold for, at the very least, an RCP investigation, and I believe, because of this cloud of, of scandal and, and corruption, and the fact that Justin Trudeau's broken faith with Canadians, that he needs to step aside uh, while these investigations are launched. Okay, let, let me, there's two things. There's the RCMP investigation and there's the resignation. Let, let me just talk about that. I, I, it was a striking moment that Wilson Raybould, who had so many things to say about the, the veiled threats, the consistent and inappropriate pressure, she was livid. But then she was asked, do you think this rose to the threshold of illegality, which would then trigger an RCMP investigation? She said no. She then said the system is still working. And she then said the prime minister never directed me. In fact, she testified that he said it's your decision. Given those aspects of her testimony, do you still believe or why do you believe it rises to the level of criminality? I believe it rises to the level of having the investigation. I believe it's time to have uh, an independent outside look at the situation that went on and to find out all the details and to make that determination uh, based on whether or not criminal charges should be pressed. Uh, that's up to the RCMP. It's not up for me to determine that a line was crossed into criminality. We call in independent judicial experts. That's what this whole scandal is about. But you raise the idea about. of obstruction of justice That's and, right. you, so, you and, and intimidation and possible uh, breach of trust. So, so that would be what I would encourage the RCMP to look at. Uh, ultimately, it's up, the, up to them to determine if there are enough grounds to proceed. But you mentioned about the, the direction. And I, the Liberals are being, and, and Justin Trudeau is being very, very crafty here. Uh, he's saying that he never directed her. He fired her. When she wouldn't do what he wanted, he removed her and put someone else in who now, by all accounts, is perfectly willing to go along with that. So the law only allows for the Attorney General to issue those directions. There's never any doubt that anybody else in government could do that. And when she wouldn't do it, he moved her out of the way. Um, what do you make of the idea, the, the liberal defense, and they say, look, we think it was a robust conversation and pressure put on you as the Minister of Justice, you're sitting around the cabinet table, the final decision rests on you as the Attorney General, but you know this is how cabinet discussions are done, and if you felt it was improper, illegal, or inappropriate, you should have spoken up or you should have resigned, and they, they're looking, is there, during any of those 20 meetings, the 10 phone calls and meetings, did she table any texts or emails or any, saying, this is improper, I don't know. We didn't see any testimony, what do you make of that? Well, I would put it to you that she indicated that she had a face-to-face -face meeting uh, with the Prime Minister and with Mike, Michael Warnock where, he, where she said, and she communicated this to Bill Morneau and his Chief of Staff as well, and said, you need to stop contacting me. You need to stop. She told them to right. stop. They didn't stop. They kept on pursuing this matter, kept on piling on the pressure. And I, don't also, I also reject the argument that she should have stepped down. She was clearly the only person that was preventing them from politically interfering in a criminal court case. The Liberals keep saying, oh, we were concerned about jobs and we're, we're unapologetic about that for SNC-Lavalin. If you were the Prime Minister, uh, would you cancel the 
option of giving a deferred prosecution agreement to SNC-Lavalin? It's not about, and this is a very, I'm glad you asked the question, because this is the, the, the crux of this matter is, it's not up to the Prime Minister of this country to determine what goes on in a courtroom. The Parliament passes laws, it gives tools to judges and Crown prosecutors to determine how best to enforce justice in this country. It. The, the Prime Minister is fully legally allowed to say around the cabinet table, even to the Justice Minister, uh, what are the options here for a company X, in this case SNC-Lavalin, should we give them a criminal trial or should we use this tool called the deferred prosecution agreement. So I just ask you, Actually, would you rule out this deferred prosecution tool? Because it's new. When the Conservative government passed the, the, the legislation that Jerry Butt says he doesn't like, so he asked Ms. Wilson-Raybould to ignore the law, it was precisely to take these types of prosecutions out of the hands of politicians and put it in the independent director of public prosecutions. So you're not opposed to the tool. You think the tool can exist, deferred prosecution, but you're saying as a prime minister you would never talk about it. We never intervene. This is the this is but the that's thing. Not, but is, no, but, no, but, but it is. But this is the crux of it. Is no. talking about the use of it necessarily improper intervention. That's, I think, the crux of this case. What's inappropriate is when an independent crown prosecutor has said, SNC-Lavalin, accused of corruption and bribery and buying prostitutes for Muammar Gaddafi's son, does not qualify for this tool. And when the Attorney General comes along and says, I've reviewed the case and I agree, in my capacity as the Attorney General of this country, I agree with that decision. At that point, it becomes improper for, the, for Justin Trudeau or any Prime Minister to start saying, yeah, but it's an election year in Quebec, and yeah, but you know, I'm a member of Parliament So once in the she area. says no, you can't talk about it with her, even in her capacity as the Minister of Justice. That's your contention. The, the, uh, as Ms. Wilson-Raybould said, as, okay. uh, once the decision is taken, once the, 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 the context and the facts are, are examined, and a decision is made at that point, trying to change that decision, overturn it, get it to rever be reversed, I believe is highly inappropriate. Okay, last question to you. Um, there's a lot of confusion on this, you know, that he said, she said, I felt it was improper pressure, but it wasn't necessarily illegal. If you become the Prime Minister, would you then do what the Brits have done and separate the Minister of Justice from the Attorney General? Have that, instead of double-hiding that, separate that and have that person outside of Cabinet so there's no more of this confusion? Well, first of all, I'd just point out that for, uh, for many, many years the system worked. It's only when Liberals uh, are in power that we start to have these types of questions. Uh, that's something that you know, I'd certainly be open to, to looking at as we start to clean up the, the mess that the Liberals uh, have created on this file. All right, I got to leave it there. I know there's going to be close political watchers that notice that I'm wearing the same tie as Andrew Scheer. There is no conspiracy here, folks. It's just that guys don't have a lot of options <laughs> when it comes, or maybe a lot of imagination. I Thank was you, so sir. proud that I have an Evan Solomon tie. <laughs> Thank you so much, Andrew Scheer. Coming up, now you heard the accusation, you've heard the defense. Where does it all go? What are the key questions you need to know as we head in for another week of critical testimony? The former NDP leader, Tom Mulcair, and the former BC Premier, Christy Clark, are next. Where is this all going? Stay right here with Question Period. At that point, the Prime Minister jumped in, stressing that there is an election in Quebec and that, quote, I am an MP in Quebec, the member for Papineau, end quote. I was quite taken aback. My response, and I vividly remember this as well, was to ask the Prime Minister a direct question while looking him in the eye. I asked, quote, are you politically interfering with my role, my decision as the Attorney General? I would strongly advise against it, end quote. 
The prime minister said, no, 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 we just need to find a solution. Well, that was just one of the remarkable moments in the testimony of the former Attorney General Jody Wilson-Raybould, directly implicating the Prime Minister in what she has characterized as a consistent and sustained effort by 11 senior government officials to, in her words, politically interfere with her decision not to allow SNC-Lavalin to avoid a criminal trial. That's her truth. This week, Gerald Butts, the former Principal Secretary to the Prime Minister, says he wants to speak his truth the other side of the argument. So what was the most damning allegation and where is all this heading? To find out, we're now joined by the former leader of the NDP, now a CTV political commentator, Tom Mulcair, who's in Montreal, and by the former Premier of British Columbia, Christy Clark, who is in wonderful Vancouver. Great to have both of you on the program today. Tom Mulcair, I'll start with you. Most damning moment, if there was one for you in the Jody Wilson-Raybould testimony. Her opening statement. It summarized everything that was going to follow for the next 40 minutes, Evan, and it couldn't have been clearer. It was buttressed by specific references to meetings, phone calls, quoted content of all of the above. One of the most powerful moments when she referred to herself as a former prosecutor and, of course, a member of of a First Nation in British Columbia, and she made it clear that she knew what it was to see the law applied unevenly. And her role was simply to apply the law as it was written and to apply it equally to everyone. And that contrasted so clearly with what we had seen and everything she had said up until there, because what we were looking at was a very liberal approach, which was, yes, everybody's the same, except our rich and well-connected friends get special treatment under the law. That's what shone through in this whole exercise. Christy Clark, you watched it. Pretty extraordinary testimony. What jumped out for you? If you are going to write a political thriller, this is the, would be the worst thriller in history because here you've got her uh, making all of these points. And what at the end of it, she says, ultimately, there were 10 interventions over four months and nothing crossed the, criminal, crossed the line into criminality. So, okay, you've got a prime minister who is saying and cabinet who are saying, we want to create jobs in Canada. You've got a minister who's saying, well... I have my legal opinion and I'm standing on my legal opinion, despite the fact that there are other legal opinions out there. And it really, ultimately, this political thriller is just about a battle of egos around the cabinet table. Well, Tom, that's interesting Not because she to see here, folks. well, she did say two things. If the liberals had any light in this, and there was a lot of darkness, and there's a lot of questions remain, she was asked, "Do you think it was illegal?" She said, "Not illegal, but inappropriate." And then she also said the system is still working. So does that, as Christy Clark say, undermine at all the seriousness of her allegations? It gave an argument to the Liberals that they served up Thursday night during the emergency debate. It was one of the first things that the Liberals put on the table. And I think that it, you know, in three and a half hours of testimony, I guess nobody's going to be perfect, but I think it was one of the rare missteps by Jody Wilson-Raybould because I think she should have simply abstained from giving a legal opinion in answer to that question because she was obviously so much at the center of it. It's very similar to the fact that I think that Andrew Scheer personally, because the subject is political interference in criminal prosecutions, I think that he should have held back as well. There have been a series of former attorney generals from different provinces and federally who have now written to the RCMP saying this has to be investigated. That's fine. But to have the sitting leader of the official opposition write that letter to the RCMP about the sitting prime minister, I think that that was a mistake on the part of Andrew Scheer. 
Yeah, maybe a tactical mm -hmm. mistake. Well, Christy Clark, what did you make of Andrew Scheer, who was just on our program, calling for the resignation already of Justin Trudeau before we even know if there is or may be a criminal investigation? Well, here's, uh, I mean, I, I agree with what Tom said. I think it's too early for that. And I think that, you know, I mean, from a purely political perspective, generally one would want to let and watch this unfold and then ultimately you get to a point where you call for a resignation. But that's just politics. I would say, though, um, the issue here is it's awkward for Andrew Scheer and for Jagmeet Singh as the leader of the loyal opposition because what prime minister would not argue for saving 9,000 jobs? I mean, if Andrew Scheer or if Stephen Harper or John Chrétien or Tom Mulcair was prime minister today, would they sit back and say, on a narrow legal point with the opinion of one attorney general, would you say we're going to sacrifice 9,000 jobs in the country? And I don't think any responsible political leader isn't going to try and find a solution when there are that many jobs on the table. But Tom Mulcair, here's well, my problem. At September 4th, yeah. uh, September 4th, the decision is made. September 17th, yes. the Prime Minister talks to the Attorney General and she tells him explicitly, don't pressure me, I've made my point. Then for three and a right. half more months, they keep trying to flip her. Is that the problem? Yep. Well, I well, think, sure, I that's think the that core is, problem. I, I mean, but, but, but there's a, well, there's a condition Tom, precedent to that. No, there's no problem. There's a condition precedent to that. Everybody knew when this was tucked into the budget and then later into the budget bill that this had SNC-Lavalin written all over it. Mr. Trudeau was trying to have it both ways. He was trying to say, we're going to really set the bar high. That's what they said in the budget. We're going to come up with tougher rules on corporate behavior. And at the same time, the statute was very, very tough. So it's not surprising that given what was there, the Attorney General and the Director of Public Prosecution said, sorry, it can't apply. Now, if Mr. Trudeau had been forthright, he had stood up in the House and said, we've got a situation involving a key Canadian company. The Americans already have such an institution to save their companies. The British have a similar institution. We're going to put tough rules in place. We're going to get the names of the scoundrels behind this. They're going to be prosecuted. We're going to make the company pay back, and we're going to put somebody in place to essentially act as a trustee, and this will never be allowed to happen again. I think everybody would have bought it. Christy Clark, just i got well, to mention this because... Uh, um, your former director of communications, Ben Chin, who's now the chief of staff for the uh, finance minister, he was named um, as someone who put inappropriate pressure on a member of Jody Wilson-Raybould's staff. What is your take on when is it appropriate for to talk to the minister of justice or, or the attorney general? They were, they're double-hatted in the federal system, as you know. When is it appropriate to keep talking about a situation or a decision that she's already made? Well, I would say it's always appropriate to try and fight for jobs and to save jobs. And what we're, I mean, so here's, here's the level of kind of silliness that this has gotten to. Complaints about staff talking to staff. That happens all the time. And what the minister, the former minister said is, well, you know, this is, I had 10 interventions after uh, over four months. Well, that's not that many. And, um, and I think, uh, but I think back to your earlier point, what did they do wrong? First of all, they uh, spent four months trying to persuade her. I think um, probably a more forceful 
decision might have been to say, you know what, thank you very much for your service. We'd like you to serve in another ministry. That's what a lot of leaders who wanted to save 9,000 jobs in the country might have done. And, but to Tom's point, the higher the horse that you're riding on, the farther the fall is. But I have never seen a Commons Committee con convened to discuss whether or not this, the level of sanctimony of uh, their political opponents was too high. Okay, I got a minute here, but just Christy Clark, let me just stay with you. Are you saying you don't buy Jody Wilson-Raybould's story? You just don't think that, though she says she felt pressured, you just think this is overblown? Oh, I, I think, yeah. I mean, and I think that the kind of the, the point has been lost here, which is, yes, there is an argument. You know, she made up her mind. She, she, served, she does not serve in cabinet. At her, by, because of her constituents' wishes or because of her caucus's wishes. She serves in cabinets, cabinet at the wish of the Prime Minister who has the, has the ultimate decision and responsibility for the whole country. He can move her any time. I think what we got into here was a battle of wills between the PMO and between the Minister. And ultimately in those battles, the Prime Minister or the First Minister's office necessarily wins because... It is the first ministers of this country who carry with them the responsibility to look after the broader public interest. All right, I got to leave it there. I don't know. I, I think it is a bit of a thriller, but uh, who knows who buys the popcorn? Tom Mulcair and Christy Clark. Always great to see both of you on the program. Coming up, though, the Scrum is here with their views on what to expect this week and the fallout from the Jody Wilson-Raybould testimony. Our special guest on that round will be the Global Mail Bureau Chief Bob Fife. Stay right here with Question Period. Jerry said, quote, Jess, there is no solution here that does not involve some interference, end quote. At least they are finally being honest about what they are asking you to do. Don't care about the PPSC's independence. Katie was like, quote, we don't want to debate legalities anymore. So that's just another moment from that boiling testimony by the former Attorney General, Jody Wilson-Raybould, testimony that's burned down Parliament Hill like lava. She was quoting texts sent to her by her then-Chief of Staff, Jessica Prince, who had just met with the Prime Minister's two top advisors, including Gerald Butts, who of course has since resigned and will testify this week. So how much damage has Jody Wilson-Raybould testimony done to the Prime Minister, and what are we expecting this week? Let's bring in the scrum. Joining me now, Tonda McCharles, senior reporter with the Toronto Star, Joyce Napier, CTV's Ottawa bureau chief, Craig Oliver, CTV's chief political commentator, and our special guest from the Globe and Mail, the bureau chief there, Bob Fife. Well, everyone's still going? Okay, good. <laughs> We're ready. Okay, good. Bob, let, let me start with you. Um, what stood out after that extraordinary testimony by Jody Wilson-Raybould? What stands out for you going forward? What stood out was the... Uh, Right from the get-go, she walked into that committee meeting all by herself. She sat at the table by herself, and she showed a tremendous amount of poise, calm, and, and, and courage in speaking, I believe, honestly about what she saw. And right from the get-go, she said, I experience constant and coordinated political pressure to intervene in the Canadian justice system. To me, that was explosive. Uh, yeah, she did not lead lightly, Tonda. If you, I mean, there's a lot there. I, don't know, if, I don't know if I could say there was one moment. The whole opening statement, 38 minutes of explosive testimony. My gut turned 
when I listened to it, I was shell-shocked. I have been covering courts, legal affairs, and justice matters for 35 years, and I was uh, at a loss to explain how profound uh, it seemed to me the lines were crossed over and over and over again. Now, someone else can judge if they were legal lines, but ethical lines, in my view, uh, were crossed. When she said, no, Prime Minister, I'm advising you not to say this, we're done. Uh, from then on, it should have stopped, and it didn't. So I'm shocked by that. Yeah, and just so people know, that was September 17th. She meets with the Prime Minister. The House is just back, and she says, are you trying to direct me? He says, no, but she says, I would advise you not to. What stood out? Well, before that, she said, I looked my Prime Minister in the eyes. Yeah. So I just thought that it was the systemic sort of compounded effect of her words. So she started really strong and you think oh, okay best stuff is at the beginning no it just mm -hmm. kept it kept going and going and going I could hear the sound of jaws dropping across the country what really struck me as someone who was doing this kind of thing at the time of Watergate was her potentially incendiary reference uh, to Saturday Night Live uh, Saturday Night Massacre uh, which brought up all of the images which I think very subtly compared the Trudeau uh, Prime Minister's office to the Nixon White House and that whole Nixonian idea is something that Canadians are going to have to be thinking about as this continues which she surely is going to do. You know what's devastating in all of this is that she came with armed with notes texts, emails, transcripts of debriefs which were taken at the time and mm. any lawyer knows that that's a credible witness that's what police do at the scene of a crime or an accident. Take notes at the time. And may I say, that is why they will never have a public judicial inquiry into this. Because that would require the, uh, the Prime Minister's office and all of the aides who were involved in that, including the clerk, the, the clerk of the Privy Council, to produce their text messages, their documents, and their emails, and to testify under oath. If the Liberals controlled the Justice Committee, to be fair, they Which got they more do. than they bargained for yeah. when she testified, but there, nobody's under oath. Shouldn't there, you know, Jagmeet Singh has called for a public inquiry. Is that what we need, or is the Justice Committee, even with the restrictions, doing the job because we're getting, well, we're so getting far, a heck of a well, testimony? Exactly. I think that mm -hmm. so far the Justice I mean, look, she has set the bar very high. Okay, so Absolutely. anybody who comes after her better be loaded for bear and better be very, very prepared and better be as serene as she is because the, the 11 people she mentioned may or may not all come and testify, but the comparison will be striking if they come back and they're very aggressive or if they don't behave the way they should, they will be judged and harshly because her bar is is quite okay so, so J gerald butts is going to be the first so, guy he's going to testify and he's going to back up i assume the prime minister who said he completely disagrees with her i don't know are they calling yeah, her a liar or prevaricator but their defense is the well their storyline has changed well, there is from no the get-go well problem. but no their, their defense now is we have a different experience it's the groping offense right. you know when the huh. prime minister was alleged to have groped a woman he said well her experience was different than mine that is the government's new line Jody Wilson-Raybo's experience of what went on is different than, than mine. And I think what you're going to see with Mr. Butts is to come in and try to muddy the waters, chip away a bit at her credibility. But that is a really high mark to be able to take he, her down. He's going to have to have documents uh, and other material, emails, whatever, to refute specifically things she said 
or his But the, those meetings happened. Work. I mean, the, right. the clerk has admitted they the happened. Only, the only way that they can, um, I think, successfully rebut her testimony is to say either that meeting didn't happen or I didn't raise it or she said I raised it, I didn't raise it or, you know, they need to directly challenge her on facts. I just want to ask you what you make of the Liberals' other defense. This is all about jobs. We're on a, Yes, we pressured her. We don't think it was undue pressure, but we aren't going to be unapologetic. We're trying to save 9,000 jobs for SNC-Lavalin. Do you, what do you so make of that defense? So here's what I, I, I'm quite struck by this week after her testimony, is that they're all still talking in the present tense, and even after her testimony saying this is still a live issue, still on the table, we are looking at this from the perspective of jobs. Right. Okay, yes, there's an instrument in the prosecution toolbox to do these deferred prosecutions and let a company technically off the hook, if you want to call it that, uh, but still pay a, a fine and a price. But the prosecutor, that's all beside the point. A prosecutor in a criminal case has made a decision not to pursue that route. And so I'm not sure that politically it's a great answer for the Canadian public yeah. to hear the government say, whoa, if we just publish our reasons why we're going to overturn it, yeah. that's good enough. Just well, quickly, also, this, they got this is also about liberal jobs, just quickly, because we know that if they're going to have any chance at all of getting a majority government, They've got to have a lot of votes in the province of Quebec. So when they talk about jobs, they're not just but they, talking but about jobs. But, they they know, but also, they're getting snowed. They exactly. got snowed by SNC-Lavalin. Yes. When the clerk, who we'll hear from on Wednesday, too, he'll probably say, we've got to get out of this here quickly because the Russians are invading. Right. But uh, <laughs> what I think what you know he said to her, they're going to move their headquarters. Well, we now know that is total BS. They've signed an agreement with the CAS that they can't leave until 2025. Right. And I think those 9,000 jobs, which we're now looking into as journalists to see whether in fact that is true, is going to also turn out not to be true as well. Joyce. You know what? I think they've got a huge credibility gap. Um, and they've had it since the beginning, since the story came out. And we are all waiting for the response from the government and we're still not getting it. And, and, it, and it is a total failure. Um, I think that there's a certain degree now of anxiety. I don't know about you, but people are talking about it all the time. They ask me about it all the time. What is going on? Are they lying to us? Are they laughing at us? And, and they can't seem to grab the message and control it. It is totally out of control for them. And there's one person that is controlling the message right now and so far, and it's Jody Wilson-Raybould. And for now, she remains part of the Liberal caucus, but for how long, I know there's a debate in there as to what they got to do with her. All right, I got to take a short break, Bob Fife. Great to have you here. I know there'll be lots more reporting to come in a very busy week, but coming up next, the opposition is ramping up pressure on the government. They have emergency debates, calls for a public inquiry, even calls for the RCMP to investigate. We will return, and our special guest will be Green Party leader Elizabeth May. Stay right here with Question Period. Allegations of improper pressure, denials, calls for an RCMP investigation, calls for a public inquiry, even calls for the PM's resignation. How much of all this Jody Wilson-Raybould, SNC-Lavalin controversy is partisan noise, and how much is genuine, substantial concerns about a very serious situation? And what's the fallout as we enter yet a new week that promises more critical testimony. Let's bring back the scrum. Tony McCharles is back, Joyce Napier is back, Craig Oliver is back, and our special guest for this round is the Green Party leader who asked some very interesting questions at the Justice Committee. 
Elizabeth May. Uh, Elizabeth May, welcome to the program. Sh what's your take so far about calls for an RCMP investigation and a public inquiry? Your advice to the Liberals, as it were. Well, I was the first party leader to call for an RCMP investigation, both because we need an impartial, independent investigation, so I want them to be reporting to an independent commissioner. But this is something that is best done out of the spotlight and glare of TV cameras. As good as the Justice Committee has been, there's clearly, as we would expect, different parties and different MPs trying to score points for themselves. I think we need to get to an independent assessment of the seriousness of this offense. There was improper pressure brought to bear on our former Attorney General. And for me, and this is what I went to at the Justice Committee, is there's two different sets of power relationships at play here. There's the Prime Minister with members of his cabinet and members of political staff team, chiefs of staff and so on. But then what I find very improper is the role of the civil service, the clerk of the Privy Council to whom all deputy ministers report. So there's a question of that improper use of the nonpartisan, independent, expert civil service used in a very partisan fashion. And I think that the clerk of the Privy Council should be fired. Interesting, Tonda. So, ta so there you got the Green Party leader saying, fire the clerk of the Privy Council for being partisan, a, a public inquiry is needed, and an RCMP inquest. I'm not sure that an inquiry would get any more to the bottom of it than the Justice Committee is doing right now. Yes, there's the trouble, the back and forth over witnesses and how long and how much and all of that. But they're doing a pretty good yeah, job of drawing absolutely. out what is a what what seems to be a, a behind the scenes discussion. We seem to be getting quite a lot. I'm not sure though that Jody Wilson-Raybould, because she stated her desire to be reelected as a Liberal MP and her desire to remain in caucus, is the best person to assess whether or not. Uh, a line was crossed. Right, if it Can was legal. I add that I don't think this is a job for the RCMP either. The last time they interfered, uh, especially during an election campaign, it ended up very badly. The danger is they look like they're taking sides on a partisan operation. Mm -hmm. And the public doesn't understand these letters. It doesn't mean that the Mounties have done any work or they seriously have uh, hints that something's gone wrong. That's it right. just means when they say they're going to have an investigation that they're responding to a letter. So stay out of it, Mounties, and if you're going to get involved, <laughs> wait till the election. Well, well right. just so people understand, that the Mounties will not, the RCMP will not comment whether or not they're investigating until charges are laid, but they have been burned in the past, Joyce. Remember, they laid charges against Mike Duffy and... It didn't work out so well, so we'll see that. But what the politicians are asking for here is a big cacophony, okay? I think that we haven't heard the other side of the story, and you know, we have to be very cautious. Was Jody yeah. Wilson-Raybould very credible? Absolutely. Was her testimony, you know, beyond, you know, well, well uh, prepared? Absolutely. But we haven't heard, really, before this committee, the other side. So... Can we listen to the other side? This is, I'm old school, perhaps. We've heard but some I, of it, though. We have we've heard, heard some Warnick, of it. We've heard Warnick. It's true. Yeah. We have heard Warnick. But Warnick now that we have, Prime Minister. yes, but <laughs> we know that everybody was waiting for her to speak, to tell yeah. her story. Yeah. No, I she has that. told her story. So now we want the rebuttal. I, mean, I, I think George making a very key point. Should the Prime Minister testify? And in my view, should they have to testify under oath? Yeah, I think that I think that certainly when when Jerry Butts testifies, it will be useful if it's under oath. It would be very useful for Michael Warnick has said he wants to come back. I mean, I go back to Craig's point, which was, of course, he's alluding to 2005 when we had the incident where the RCMP quite improperly put out a press release. 
that they were investigating Ralph Goodale. It changed the course of the election, mm -hmm. and there was nothing there. There was never anything there. That was a very strange circumstance. I think that it's going to be better to get to the truth under oath and out of the glare of the public. So here's one of the problems with what the Liberal government is saying is the answer to it all and all our questions, the Ethics Commissioner's inquiry. First of all, he's not actually looking at the question of political interference and sure. how much is too much. He's looking at, did someone further the interests of a third party? SNC-Lavalin. Well, duh, yeah, someone was trying to further the interests of, the, of SNC, um, getting them out of a potential criminal conviction. But it's also done behind the scenes. And part of the problem for the government yes. all along is that everything from their perspective is somehow shrouded in, oh, don't ask, don't tell. Uh, see, see no evil, yeah. hear no evil, speak no evil. They won't answer questions fully and completely. Okay. Talking points, talking points. But the points. ethics commissioner okay, has the wrong mandate. The ethics commissioner just looks at what individual members of parliament right. have done to feather their own nest. It's the wrong place to go to investigate this situation. I just want to pivot, Craig, I'll start with you, okay. on another big political challenge for the prime minister. What do you do with Jordy Wilson-Raybould? Can you now <laughs> kick her out of caucus, <laughs> or does she sit there as a daily indictment of the uh, culture that she's talked about? What do you do with Jody Wilson? And, and a representative of shattered illusions also, because the prime minister promised the most ethical government, the most open, transparent government ever uh, during the election campaign. Look at him now. Uh, look, I, I think the problem is, can you have a member of parliament sitting there who cannot bring herself to answer the question of whether you trust uh, this prime minister, your leader? Uh, I, I think that is a great, very great difficulty for them. And I, frankly, I just don't see how that uncertainty about having her there, the, so many uh, MPs uncomfortable saying to themselves, this woman may cost me my job. I, I just don't see how he but can But Joy, sources there. tell me that they know they want to kick her out, but they know it would turn her into a martyr, so they can't do it. It's too right. politically their hands, expensive. Their, their hands are tied, but I mean, how awkward will that be? It was already awkward when right. she was in cabinet. And then she resigned from cabinet. But she is saying that she remains, she was elected as a liberal, and she's mm -hmm. representing yeah. the people that voted for her. And that is legitimate, too. But really, is this a team player? I don't think so. And, you know, it's, it's going to be awkward, and they can't do anything about it. i got to leave it there, but this is not a team of rivals. This is a team of rebels right now, and we'll see where it goes. i got to thank all of you. Elizabeth May, great to have you on the program. Tonda Joyce and Craig, always a pleasure to have you. I want to thank all of you for watching as this incredible story unfolds. This will be another massive week. Gerald Butts, the former principal secretary to the prime minister, will testify. What will he have to say? CTV will have everything you need to know. And we will be back here in seven short days. Tonda's buying the popcorn. Stay safe.